Praise you, Lord. He's a real God. Is that something we made up? We're not Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. Didn't make it up. This is for real. We're not Muslims or Buddhists either. This is the mighty God of Israel. This is Jehovah. This is Jesus. This is the Holy Ghost. This is what's real, amen? He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. If you don't feel comfortable worshiping this morning, get comfortable worshiping him this morning. He's worthy. He is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. Rule and reign, Lord. Have your way. Way more interested in you, Lord, than I'm interested in myself. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Have your way. Rule and reign, Lord. Have your way. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Almighty God. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. And have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Oh, Lord, I rejoice in the fact that you are real and that you are here. And I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Tell them I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I'll give you this gentle pastoring. If you're not comfortable talking to God, get comfortable talking to God. We're not Catholics either. We don't need a mediator. There's already one. Understand the Bible. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. You don't need a person. Stop looking to somebody else to have a close and personal relationship with Jesus. Do it yourself. Go in there and start worshiping. Get on your face. Humble yourself. You're going to be humbled anyway. Whether it's in judgment, whether it's in heaven, or whether it's in hell, you will be humbled anyway, so you might as well start now. Amen. Amen. Now, I noticed something when I do the podcast, that people are interested in some subjects and not interested in others. I can tell by the numbers. How many of you watch the podcast? And so when I'm doing the podcast, I have this giant screen in front of me that's run by Aaron and run by Will. Aaron runs the entire podcast, but, and I can, I have all this information that's under the screen, on the screens. Aaron will pull up stuff and send me messages or whatever else. But I can tell, I look at number, I have a streaming numbers. We run between now about five to 600 people live watching. So I can tell, and usually it's in the upper five. So I watch, it's 550 to 600, usually where we're at. And then we've been breaking over 600 lately because God answers my prayers. Switch to rumble, switch to rumble, switch to rumble, switch to rumble. There you go, and we'll break it. But I have information, I watch the numbers. So we'll be at, let's say, 583. And if I start to talk about subject matter people aren't interested in, boom, 551. If I start to talk about things that people are really interested in, 607. 
That's how it works. I show them a video that bores them, down 20. Video everybody. Now, there's people like you that are gonna watch. They're not really driven that way, but there are people who are driven solely on entertainment, so they're like, you know what, this interests me, this doesn't, so they come on, they come off, they scroll constantly and go through social media. But there's people, there, there's subjects that people are interested in, and there's subjects that people aren't. One of the ones that people aren't interested in, believe it or not, on a conservative podcast is abortion. Like, is that, is this what you're gonna preach about? Who knows what I'm gonna preach about? I really don't know. I come with lots and lots of information. How much I get to is usually quite minimal in comparison to what I prepped. But I talk, if I talk about abortion on the podcast, numbers go down. I mean, precipitously, they go down. People aren't interested in it. They're really not interested in it. And really, if you were, now let's look at this. What people are and are not interested in is not based in any way, shape, or form on importance. Like, Tom, I thought you were preaching about strongholds. Believe me, I am. Because what people consider to be, some, whether it's entertainment or not, whatever, whatever it is, what they're interested in, what they're not interested in, has nothing to do with importance. Now, I want you to apply that to yourself right now. What am I interested in, and how important is it? You will know by the amount of time that you spend on it. There's a lot of times we're like, oh man, how, people don't care about abortion. How dare they? Well, really, how different are we? Because where do we spend the majority of our time is what's important to us. See how quiet it gets in here? I got Ryan saying, yep, that's it. That's all I got is Ryan. That for the entire church, Ryan, yep. Because listen, I told you last week that I am strong held. And everybody in this room, to some degree, is strong held, unless there's an angel sitting in here. If you're wondering whether you're an angel or not, meet me at the door and I will tell you. Just like if you wanna know whether you should be dating the guy or girl that you're dating, meet me at the door and we can resolve it in 30 seconds. Nobody has ever taken me up on that challenge yet. So I started, when I start to talk about abortion on the podcast, it goes way down. I mean way down. Conservatives aren't interested, you know why? Because they've been acclimated. Now let's talk about, we're talking about what we are interested in. I have a whole list of things that, that we're all interested in. World Economic Forum. You're like, Tom, you're quite the hypocrite because you talk about this stuff all the time, and we should. We should, it's just like I tell you all the time when it comes out of Matthew 5, 37. Let your yes be yes, your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You should have an equal emphasis on yeses and nos. You should be very strong about what you are for and equally as strong about what you are against. The modern church will say, well, we're not about, we're not, we don't talk about things that we're against here. We talk about what we're for. Well, you're a dum-dum. It should be equal. You should be fervently, fervently anti-things and fervently for things and outspoken about both without hesitancy. So I talk about, it, but let's, let's compare. So World Economic Forum in comparison to abortion. Does it really compare? COVID-19 in comparison to abortion. Well, the World Health Organization, this is how 
This is how the science works, and this is how precise the science is. Their numbers for global COVID-19 deaths is between five and 18 million. So as low as five and as high as 18, that's how precise they are. They're only off by 13 or so million people. That's the science. Now, if you have, if you go to the highest degree and say, let's just say 12 million people, and by the way, 5 million didn't die of COVID either. Not even close to 5 million. Really, it's about a million worldwide, maybe, maybe. I get that. There's all kinds of numbers spinning around in my head. I'm trying to stay on target. <laughs> but if you were to compare COVID deaths, let's just say there's 2 million. How many people get killed in the womb every year? According to the World Health Organization, which is a subsidiary of the UN, so the numbers are way off and way low, it's 41.2 million people per year. And that never, went, that never went down a person during the last 39 months of 15 days to flatten the curve because all those clinics stayed open. COVID doesn't go into abortion clinics. COVID only comes into churches. That's the only thing that needs to be closed. Not the cannabis stores. I guess pot smoke kills COVID. So you don't, you don't have to worry about it if you're going in to buy weed. So really what's more important, we get all into various things. But listen, I'm admitting some measure of hypocrisy, but I never, I never stopped talking about abortion, ever. I've never stopped talking about it from day one of this church. I've never stopped talking about it since I got saved. So if you were to compare importance, why doesn't everybody come on? Go, oh my gosh, she's talking about abortion. Get on and, see, and, and invite other people. Let me call 12 people, let me get them on. This is what's important. Between 40 and 80 million people per year are killed in the womb or in the birth canal. And we talk about COVID, flus, tuberculosis, or anything else. But see, that's the most important thing. Why don't Christians really care? They get very excited about World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, global strongholds, very because we've all been acclimated to accept the murder of other human beings. Peace by bloody peace pulled alive out of their mother's womb. And then many, many laws in California, Illinois, and all those other demonic states, if they are, they happen to survive it, they leave them on the slab to die. And in California, they're trying to legislate that you can kill your baby, same in Massachusetts, 28 days after he's born. See, you think it's all coincidence? All these things are coincidence? sexualizing kids, killing kids. It's been going on for 2,000 years. It's always that way. They always come for the kids. 85,000 kids just missing, just have disappeared into thin air from the southern border in the last two years. Just disappeared. Nobody has any idea where they're at. I know where they're at. They're in Europe. 
They're in the Middle East and they're in the United States as sex slaves for the rest of their lives. People do care about that, but at least they're alive. See, it's weird what entices us and what doesn't. We're gonna find out what God gets excited about when we stand before him, or if you listen to the Holy Ghost now. He will tell you, this is what grabs my attention. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. All those people being pulled piece by bloody piece out of their mother's womb were assigned that body by God, assigned a soul that he had already talked to for generations. That's what's important. But it's the same in life and it's the same in preaching. We put emphasis on the least important things. What, I, mean, I wanna ask you something. What really makes you alive? What makes you feel great? We all know the answer. How many people in here have been born again for more than 10 years? Shout amen. amen. What makes you really excited in life is when God opens up a door for you to share your faith. Amen. Then why is, that, why is your life not about that? See how quiet it gets in here? You do it, you go back and you tell your wife, hey man, Lord, open, up my, open the door for me to share my faith. The anointing of God was upon me. I really made an impact. I led this person to the Lord, whatever it may be. And then it disappears into oblivion and you don't do it for another eight years. Because what really counts is not where your emphasis is on. How many Christians pray every day, Lord, open the doors for me to share my faith? You know that's what actually makes you happy. But the world comes in and deceives you and you start scrolling again. You think that's, gonna be, you think that's what's gonna make you happy. It's not making you happy, it's sedating you. It's putting you to sleep. Everyone actually likes to talk about, here's my list, global strongholds. Mark of the beast. You're like, Tom, you do it every week. Yeah, I do it for, uh, let's see, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, six hours a week. Globalists, vaccine passports, Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Bill Gates and Donald Trump don't mean anything more to God than you do. Not a bit. First Timothy chapter six, verse seven. We brought nothing into this world. It is certain you will carry nothing out. It is certain. I wish I could add freaking in front of it. So I'll just do it. Freaking certain. You'll carry nothing out. You ain't carrying your looks out. You ain't carrying your muscle out. You're not carrying your car out, your house out, your vacations out, your husband, your wife, nothing. You stand alone before God. None of, this mean, none, of the, none of this stuff means anything. What matters is, oh, Tom, why do you talk about it? I talk about it in the context of the gospel, about what the church is supposed to be doing. Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, World Health Organization, NIH, USAID, CDC, WEF, wars, CCP, got a cough drop stuck to my finger. Don't worry, it's mine. <laughs> there we go. Why would we rather talk about these things? 
Because it takes the onus of responsibility off of us. It's a war in Ukraine. Well, there's not much I can do, but oh yeah, I, I get it. What about day-to-day life? Let me throw this out to you. Now, all of these things, whether we talk about global strongholds, which there is, amen? I know you're afraid to amen now. Torn you down. I'm gonna build you back up, but not right now. (laughs) Whether you have global strongholds, there are global strongholds. On Tuesday this week, they're gonna release CBDC currency in the United States of America. Central bank digital currency gets released. But don't worry, you know all the promises the government keeps. Like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Never gonna mandate the vax. Never gonna lock down society. They said that it'll only be for in-bank transactions. That's what they say. Of course, we know that's a lie. So we're gonna have to take action. So that we have to deal with that. That is a global stronghold heading into the mark of the beast in Revelation 13, 16 through 18 that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell, except one who has the mark of the name of the beast and the number of his name. That's where we're heading. It doesn't have to happen in your lifetime. But here's the problem. The strong held cannot dispel strongholds. You can only dispel and defeat strongholds to the degree that you are not strong held yourself. That's why we're not winning like we should. That's why the world is not terrified of us. Now, if they are terrified of anybody, it's us in this room and a few other churches, but they are very few. And boy, am I gonna put a smack down on churches in just a minute. But the strong held cannot defeat strongholds. I remember when I was at the Alex Jones event at the river. Sat, sat right next to Alex Jones before he went up there. Super, super nice guy. Just everybody. I mean, really, genuine, very sweet, very just normal, everyday person. Really is. I just want, I I say that because of all that he's been through, which I won't go through that right now. But when I was there, after after worship and all that, they had a a Q&A for for several hours, actually. And these are people who are trying to defeat global strongholds that are noticeably in chains. these, These weren't river people that were asking questions. These are people from all over, really all over the United States that finally had a chance to talk to Alex Jones. Every single person, a couple hundred of them. I mean, the line went out the back of the room was full, six, 700 people in the room, packed, not one seat in there, blazing hot. And there was, there was a line, there's two lines going up, the two rows out the doors, waiting to ask questions. But these were people asking questions. Every single one of them had to get a picture and all that. These are strong-held people trying to defeat the Antichrist. It's not gonna happen. Donald Trump will lose to the Antichrist. The church beats the Antichrist during our time. 
I know the book of Revelation. Don't come correct me at the door. I know what happens. But during our time, we will win. The worst of it will be gone for. We win. But you have all of these people trying to defeat the Antichrist spirit without the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work. This is what happens to people. They go to Washington, D.C., and they have all these, these conservative ideas, and then they, they get lost in the wash of the cocktail circuit and compromise all of their morality and all of their principles so that they can be deemed responsible. That's a reasonable and responsible Republican or conservative. He's willing to, cross, willing to reach his hand across the aisle and shake hands with the abortionist, with the transgender activist, with the gay marriage activist. I don't have anything in common with you. I don't yoke myself together with unbelievers. Oh, Tom, that doesn't sound Christ-like. That's because you don't read the Bible. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Not join with them. I want to find some common ground. No, I, I don't have any common ground. Does that mean I'm going to be mean, nasty? No, I'll be nice as can be watching you go straight to hell. And if you want to know you're going to hell, I'll tell you you're going to hell. No problem whatsoever. Come ask me. It's a very simple question. Is you, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you turned from your sin? If you haven't, you're going straight to hell. I don't care what label you wear. You can be Baptist and go to heaven. You can be Baptist and go to hell. You can come to Foundation Church and go to heaven. You can go to Foundation Church and go straight to hell. All that matters is Jesus. But these people that are going up, and I can feel the lack of anointing upon them. As they all, a lot of them are just pimping their websites and everything else. I'm like, gosh, shut up, would you? I mean, just shut up. What do you think he's going to do? Jump off the stage and join your website? There's nothing the strong held can do to release strongholds. You need to ask yourselves this morning. Don't ask yourself. As a matter of fact, ask the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have a close enough relationship with him, turn to your spouse right now and say, what are my strongholds? They'll tell you. Go ahead. You can do it. I don't mind. Talk. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> My wife knows all mine. She knows what they are. I know what hers are. My list is longer. <laughs> now, there's levels to this. When it comes to strongholds, there's levels to it. Remember, you can only set free to the level that you are free. What are, the, what are the greatest commandments found in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31? What are the greatest commandments? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these. How do you love your neighbor? Come on! How do you love your neighbor? as yourself. So if you hate you, how are you, how loving are you gonna be? That's why I'm very loving. There is no bigger fan of me than me.
people don't think I'm very loving, but I actually am. I help my neighbors. I'm there for my neighbors. We brought food to our neighbors. Our neighbor's house burned down. This church at the time bought all their kids all their Christmas, and we had no money. We had 12 people come to the church at the time. They said, well, you know, we're gonna come to church on Sunday. You know what their response was? Man, in comparison to the amount of money that you gave us, man, this church is really small. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> but there's levels to strongholds. If you're talking about like the CCCs, the COVID caving Christians, COVID caving clergy, COVID caving conservatives, you can be strong held and go to heaven. You can be strong held in depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, and go to heaven. Those aren't sin. You can go to heaven wearing a mask as much as I hate to say that. I don't think your odds are very good. I think you'll be knocking grandma out of the way to put the mark on your forehead, but you can. You could have locked down your church and go to heaven. But they are strongholds. They're strongholds. Many of you, many of you are strong, right now, your marriage is your stronghold. Because you don't know how to biblically, you don't know how to biblically act in marriage. So your marriage is actually holding you back in all areas of your life. And you have no idea because you never ask God any questions, yet you have not because you ask not. Ask him, where am I strong held? You're a jerk to your wife. Please don't pastor a church. Don't launch into ministry. If you can't even be nice to your spouse. I see that all the time, condescending, arrogant. And this is P-R-I-G that I'm about to say, prigs. I'm like, why are you launching into ministry? One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? First Timothy chapter three, verses four and five. What are you doing? If your wife hates you, please don't launch into ministry. Do the world a favor and serve instead of preach. I have lots of faults and failings, but my wife and I get along really well and have for 27 years. We don't ever fight. Oh, no, no, marriage is hard work. That's because you make it hard work. It doesn't have to be hard work. Obey the word of God. Men, lay your lives down. Women, submit. Boom, done. <laughs> Marriage counseling finished. <laughs> There's levels to these things. You can be in a hell-bound stronghold or you can be in a stronghold where you can still go to heaven. If you can't start your day without caffeine, you are strong-held. Luchi mama. So you know, you are addicted to a drug and it's on purpose. And all those poor people who are addicted to nicotine. I agree, listen, the health consequences of nicotine are huge. 
because you're smoking uh, tobacco and putting smoke in your lungs. I get it, but you're an addict too. That's why I never started drinking coffee. I can live with or without caffeine. I'm perfectly fine. Seriously, I don't even care. Doesn't really know. Doesn't even have effect on me anyway. I can haul down four Mountain Dews and go right to sleep. <laughs> That's no effect on me. So you can figure out what your strongholds are. Most of us, including me, here's one. It actually makes me sick. I actually make my. I actually make a point out of not doing it. I look around the room. We're in a room full of people, or go to Applebee's. Look around Applebee's, and you'll see young couples at dinner together, not talking, sending each other text messages on their phones. And they're four feet apart. <laughs> they are there. Look. I'm like, why don't you just talk about whatever's on the screen? So there are levels. So please understand, when I say stronghold, yes, it could be hellbound. If you're addicted to pornography and you don't repent, straight to hell. It's not me talking. That's Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Revelation 21, 8. That's the Bible. You're either a biblical Christian or you're not a Christian. Because Jesus is the word. Well, you know, we're not sin conscious in the church. We're grace conscious, not a Bible verse. So take that thing, spin it sideways, and cram it up your own caboose, because it's not a Bible verse. Do you have vast swaths of your theology that are not Bible verses? How do you get away with not tithing? You know, here's the thing, this ticks me off. I told you guys for two weeks in a row how great you were about tithing. We had like the worst offering in three years. Everyone, because everyone starts to think, what? Oh, somebody else is doing it. It's not for me. It's for you. You're strong held financially if you don't tithe. Well, that's an Old Testament verse. You're perishing for lack of knowledge. There's nothing to do with the Old Testament. There's nothing to do with the Old Covenant. Nothing. It's Abrahamic. Please read it when you get home. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. The order of Melchizedek, who is the priest like Jesus himself. So write your tithe check today. Nobody else is doing it but you. That should be your mindset. And by the way, how do you call yourself conservative and not tithe? How do you sit in a church week after week, year after year, and leech? Just go be a Democrat. Just get it done. And stop deceiving yourself into thinking you're tithing when you're not. If you're not, I remember I had somebody, he's actually a friend of mine, called up and said, you know, he got all, he was all mad, so he was trying to get me back. Oh, you know, I'd like my tax statement for the year. Okay, you got it. You gave nothing. You gave nothing. But they, you deceive yourself. A lot of you tithe five years ago. You don't realize it's been five years since you've dropped the tithe check. Or never. But in your mind, you think you do. What comes into your house every week? 
What comes into your house every month? 10% goes to God instantly, in season or out of season. Now, or you're not under the blessings of God, you're under the blessings of the globalists and the Biden administration. It's for you, not for me. See, we're much more here in this church, we're much more like Pennsylvania people. You go up to Pennsylvania people, they like to be beat. Now you, know, you go to Revival Today Church, they like to be throttled. From Jonathan. They love it. He's never nice like that. I mean, he never, you know, comes out. You're the greatest giving church. He won't dare because that's he's not stupid like me. He's, fit, he's 13 years younger and 20 years smarter. He goes, actually, I'm a Hallmark watching guy. He's not. So I'm like, oh, you guys are great. I love you. You think I'm hardcore. I'm not. So I just don't get it. Honestly, I don't get how people, there's people sitting in this room right now. What do you think pays for all this? Right now, every dime is going to rebuild this building, and you don't tithe? We think the AC's for free. The roof itself was $900,000. And you just sit here, there's another pastor after my money. My wife will get mad at me if I do it again, so I won't quote to you what I make. She's like, I wish you'd stop doing that. I wish you'd quit quoting it. She's right, I shouldn't sit here and quote what I make. But I make about $5,000 a year more than I made as a sergeant of the sheriff's office. And you think I'm after your money? Oh yeah, I'm getting wealthy on a cop salary. <laughs> I make less than a lieutenant at the sheriff's office right now. And you're worried about, oh, there's another pastor going after my, what, how am I after your money? I don't even own a car. My son stole my truck, I don't have it. <laughs> I have a Honda CR, 2007 Honda CRV that I haven't driven in three years sitting in the driveway with his this tires going flat. I'm after your money. I'm not, listen, I'm all, for get, I'm all for getting wealthy. I'm way more wealthy now than I used to be. I'm just telling you. This, this whole tithing thing is not about the church. It's, not, it's for you. You must not want to be rich. Because that's the guarantee of the covenant. Is that you become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. So there's different degrees to being stronghold. You cannot tithe and go to heaven. Congratulations. Because you won't have accomplished anything because you're strong held financially. Have you noticed that you're not? Did anybody ever take actual account? Where are the souls? Where's the healings? Where's the power? Where's the open doors for you? Where's the divine appointments? Because you don't tithe. You, you've held back and you said, God, that's mine. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. You wonder why your kids aren't saved? Starts with you not tithing. There's a stronghold in your home. 
You're like, Tom, it makes, yeah, it makes me mad that you're sending your own kids straight to hell for your own strongholds. Because you won't write a check for 10% of what you make. They smell the idolatry and don't want what you have. You know, there's another pastor focused on money. I can focus on other things. Don't worry, I'm about to. How are we strong? How are people like you and me strong held? We're strong held because of this. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. I didn't give you guys this one. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. The world's not scared of us. So why aren't they scared of us? They were scared of Jesus. That's why they had to run to the Roman government. They could, listen, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, who were really the ruling elitist and religious elitist of the day, couldn't touch him. They were scared of him. You remember, you just remember the Bible verse, they didn't lay hands on him because they were afraid of the crowds. So they ran to the Romans. They're not like that with us because we haven't spent enough time dispelling unbelief and getting rid of strongholds that we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not important to us. We don't tithe, listen, we'll tithe. We, don't, we don't fast, we don't pray like we should, we don't study the word. We're not dispelling unbelief. We're, what, I mean, ask yourself, what do I do every day? You're like, what kind of church is this? Listen, I know I'm losing people right now. Now you are very attentive. How could you not be? I mean, anger and bit, I mean, being bitter, you kind of pay attention. Like, what's this lunatic gonna say to me next? But ask yourself, what do, what, do I, what, do, what do I spend my time doing? And why is it not praying and studying the word and dispelling unbelief? Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So ask yourself right now, Colossians 3, 2, ask yourself, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. All of those verses, Colossians 3, 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, Proverbs 23, 5. There you go, write them down. Ask yourself, what do I spend my time doing? He's telling me, Tom, that I should be like a monk and just pray you know, hours every day. Yes. I know you have to work, but what else do you do? Take your kid out of flute practice. I'm sorry, I keep picking on flutes and a lady came up to me out there. And I actually play with whatever, whatever, whatever instrument. They've already, listen, they're already a ballet dancer, a softball player, what else they need to do? It's all for you. You're the one living vicariously through them. It's not going to satisfy you. Yeah, I know. I'm, attack, I'm attacking all of the American standards right now. Ask yourself. People come up to me and they say, how, how do you know the Bible like you do? Hard work. Turning this thing off, sitting there and purposely memorizing scripture. 
Well, memorizing isn't for me. Okay, well, just read it then. Just don't worry, though. Only, just, only the greatest soul winner on the planet had the Bible memorized. That would be Paul. Don't worry about memorizing scripture, though. Far be it for me to push that. You have no ability to answer any questions because you've never memorized any scripture. I can answer any important question with a Bible verse. Does it work? Faith without is dead. Just in case you wondered, James 2.18. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You're welcome. So strongholds have different levels. Find out what, is, what, what area of your life there's a stronghold. Find out. Unless you are operating in perfect ministry, which I am not, I'm not alleging that I am. Perfect ministry, souls being saved, miracles being done, great marriage, great kids, they're strongholds. If any kid walked out of your house not saved, there's strongholds in that house. People still come up to me to this day. I don't understand why I'm not healed. I do, unbelief. Nothing, there's nothing complex. It's just a matter of well, will you say it or not. Do you have the guts to say what's true? So the strong held can't stop strongholds. Only to the degree are you free that can you set free. Just like loving your neighbor. Only to the degree that you love you can you love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the splinter out of your neighbor's eye. Matthew 7, 5. Only, you can only set free to the degree that you are free. If you have a plank in your eye, how are you gonna pull a splinter out of somebody else's? Let's go to Mark chapter eight, verses 34 through 38. I think that's the first one I've given you guys, isn't it? Yeah, finally the first Bible verse I actually gave the back. And when he had called the people unto him with his, with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Who preaches about denial anymore? Not, I didn't say who, who preaches living in denial. <laughs> Most churches are living in denial because they're not talking about anything important this morning. It's just the, I don't know what week we are in this, what, at this point where we basically in, what is it, July 9th today, something like that? So we're what? 24, 25 weeks into the year, I guarantee you that this is the 25th message on love. Love and grace and love and grace and love and grace and love and grace. And not one of it, not one person in the room is living in love and grace and love and grace. They're living in self-consumption. Who preaches about denying yourself? I'm gonna tell you something. Life is actually very easy. It's just a matter of whether or not you'll implement the truth. Why are you strong-held? I'll make it even more personal. Why am I strong-held? Why? Why? It's because you indulge instead of deny. 
Nobody will tell you because denial is not popular, just like abortion isn't popular, so everyone goes off. Everyone changes the channel, scrolls to the next page. Denial is not, is not popular to preach, but it is quintessential. You're going nowhere without denying yourself. How many of you struggle talking too much? How many of you struggle eating too much? Whatever it may be. How many, how many people, like I said a, mo- a few minutes ago, love money too much so you don't tithe? You're indulging yourself. If you are, as I said last week, you're somebody who struggles with OCD and panic attacks because you're indulging yourself. There's a first step. It seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. If you're maniacal and you keep repeating things, you keep double checking and triple checking over and over and over again, and you're consumed with things, you're choosing that. You're actually indulging yourself. I'm gonna get deep into this, are you ready? Indulge instead of deny. That's the problem. With basically me and everybody else in this room, unless you're an angel. And again, if you want to know, meet me at the door. <laughs> Romans 8, 7, and 8, 8. What do we indulge when we're indulging? You, everybody, everybody saw the protests at Dodger Stadium, right? You had all those men dressed up as women, dressed up as nuns particularly. They were called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're homosexual, transgender men dressed as nuns, and they openly mocked the Catholic Church, and they openly mocked Jesus himself. Openly. I mean, I'm talking about gay striptease Jesus. I've seen the video. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, but the church teaches today indulgence instead of, de- instead of denial. Everyone, we don't want to tell people to, why were you not telling people to stop? Again, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Equally fervent. You're strong held because what you're supposed to be denying, you're indulging. Romans 8, 7 and 8, 8. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Those indulging the sinful nature. That one I just told you, NIV, here's New King James. Because the carnal mind is enmity, hatred toward God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're addicted to caffeine, that's you. If you're addicted to sugar, that's me. I said I wasn't addicted to caffeine, but I am certainly addicted to sugar. Otherwise, I'd be able to see my belt right now, which I cannot. Here's how people indulge. If you are a worrier, you like it. No, I hate it. I hate that I worry. No, you don't. You actually like it. It's your comfort zone. You don't know how to be happy. I've actually prayed to God 
Lord, show me how to be happy. You ever prayed that? You need to. I'm very transparent with God. God, I sinned. God, I did something really stupid. Lord, I'm sorry that I don't, sit, I don't play religious games with the, with, with the one. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, 1 Samuel 16, 7. So I don't, I don't bother about painting my portraits for God. Oh, Lord, you know, I'm just, just a very holy you know, person. And I just, you know, I, I'm so thankful that my righteousness is superior to yours. And that, just, like, just, like, just like the modern church says that it is, that our righteousnesses are not filthy rags, but they're actually just, you know, uh, strands of, of, of gold, you know. I don't do that with God. So be, listen, be transparent with yourself. Understand that if you worry, you like it. It's your comfort zone. No, I hate it. I know you don't. If you hated it, you wouldn't do it. If you really hated it, you wouldn't do it. You like it. You indulge your carnality, which is enmity toward God. You're not to worry about anything ever. Matthew 6, 27, who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Be careful for nothing. You like to worry, just say it out loud. I like to worry. People who are offended, enjoy it. And it takes all, takes all responsibility off them. And they are free to live a life of abject failure, knowing that they're right the whole time. You can be right and not be offended. You realize that, right? I mean, yes, the person was snotty to you at the door at Foundation Church today. You know, I saw Pastor Tom. He didn't even acknowledge my presence. So what? Why do you even care? I certainly don't. I have very, very close friends in this room. Close friends in this room. If, they, if I walked by them and they didn't acknowledge my presence, I'd be going, well, you know, they're having a bad day, whatever, who cares? Be like me, just assume everybody loves you. I always assume I'm invited. I always assume I'm welcome. Listen, stop being a 12-year-old girl, or if you are, just go in and identify as one and go join a middle school. They'll let you in. People who are offended enjoy it. They enjoy being offended. People who are mad love being mad. People who are lazy love being lazy. They are indulging instead of denying. What you do is the moment worry, the moment of the offense, moment anger comes your way. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. Many of you that are watching right now, we average between 200 and 300 people watch right now, are live watching us right now. Many of them are Foundation Church refugees who are offended, but there's nowhere else to go, so they're watching right now. I know who you are. I know you're watching. I know you're hoping that I mention your name. So you can be more offended. Because you think that offense makes you successful. It doesn't. It does nothing. Nobody's even thinking about your offense. People who are depressed like it. 
Listen, I understand clinical depression. I understand panic attacks. None of them are diseases. They are harvests of seed that was planted over years of indulgence. You knew you weren't supposed to worry. You knew you weren't supposed to triple check. You knew you weren't supposed to clean when you've already cleaned. You made yourself full of panic attacks. You knew you weren't supposed to overwork and you did it anyway. You indulged. People who are critical like being critical. It's fun for them. I don't, you know, I don't like having to find everything that's wrong. Yeah, you do. It makes you feel superior. Even though you're not accomplishing nearly what the people who you are criticizing are accomplishing, you get to feel superior. Workaholics are strong held. You like to overwork. You think it's an attribute. You like to have people sing your praises. Man, he's a hard worker. But your affections are set on the earth. All that hard work's gonna burn. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? In holiness and godly conduct. 2 Timothy 3.11. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? Because it's all gonna go. But you're a workaholic, man. We, I worked really hard and I got myself that jet ski or that boat. So? You know what matters? You know, do you know what is eternal? Souls and God. That's it. Do not be afraid. Psalm chapter 49, verse 16 and 17. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. When the wicked man dies, his hope perishes. All he expected from his power comes to nothing. Proverbs eleven seven. Hey, Tom, you're telling me I shouldn't work? No, I'm telling you, if you just work for God, he'll just add all those other things to you. Hmm, that sounds familiar to me. Doesn't that sound like Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. But are you gonna choose to be strong held instead? Let everything go. I have no consciousness of what people think. I don't care. I don't, listen, you, I want people to think highly of me. No, I, listen, because of Rodney Howard Brown, not, nothing to do with me, but because of Rodney Howard Brown, I have been in the presence of some of the biggest figures in Christianity and even outside of Christianity. I don't care what any of them think. I don't go up to them, hi, how you doing? You ever watch the Tom Lipley podcast? <laughs> I don't go and pimp and whore myself. I'm sitting right next to Alex Jones. He's talking to me. He's huge. We're both huge. So we're like 
on top of each other. Because if you're like me and you're like, when you fly, you fly coach or whatever, I feel bad for whoever sits next to me because part of me is on them. He's talking, we're just talking back and forth. I could have at any moment said, hey, Alex, um, you think about like having me back on or uh, nothing. You know why? He's just a person. I don't care. I give reverence to whom reverence is due. Pastor Roddy is my pastor. I give him the reverence that he's due, but he's just a person. If you're addicted, you like being addicted. You indulge instead of deny. Quiet in here. Are you a greener pastures person? You're indulging instead of denying. There's no answers anywhere else. You endlessly move, you never plant roots deep. All you do is move to people who do. Plant, there's no answer somewhere else. Plus if you ask God, you prayed and fasted and dispelled enough unbelief to actually know that God has told you to move? God plants you in a church and then tells you to move six months later, a year later, two years later? Are you sure? Never told me to move, and I was trying to move. He wouldn't let me move. I told you last week, I have my resignation letter, I'm all mad and bitter. <laughs> I'm in my office at Foundation Church. It was the Sunday before Christmas, five, six years ago. Now I'm like, that's it. <laughs> a woman had left a giant Christmas present on my desk telling me she was leaving the church. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's like Eddie. It's like Eddie in Christmas vacation when he's out there cleaning out. The bleeper's full. Yeah, you're full of it, lady. I hope you're watching. You're full of it. That's your assignment for today. Go home and watch Christmas vacation. Merry Christmas. Bleeper's full. That's what it was. So I said, I'm done. I even told, I told Hope, this, I'm going out there, I'm announcing it, I'm done, that's it, I'm done. I was, I mean, this was it. But I walked out there and God went, no. I go out there to worship. And God just goes, no. I said, Lord. At the time, I was, this is more than six years ago. Yeah, this is, this is seven, eight years ago because I was still at the sheriff's office. So this, I retired almost, almost six years ago, so two, three, so it was like nine years ago, something like that. Yeah, it's been a while. Because so, I, I had it all planned out. I had called up uh, FRS, found out how much money I could pull out, and I was moving to? <laughs> you do listen, you do listen. <laughs> And Hope was on board. Hope is not a quitter at all, but I got her to join in with my quitting. <laughs> so that was it. So I go out, I'm like, that's, that's the end of it. 
first song, I just got smashed by the Holy Ghost. He's like, no, you're, go, you're not going. So I listened to that, do you? Or do you overwhelm the Holy Ghost through indulgence? It's been very easy for me to pull the plug and disappear into oblivion. You're like, no, Tom, you're somebody who likes lots of attention. You don't know me. You can ask, there's people over at my house on the 4th of July. Ask them, was I out there just pimping for attention? I sat there, Aaron brought me a Slurpee. I sat there and nursed off that thing like a puppy all night long. <laughs> puppy at the teat. All night long, that's all I did. And then would offer some casual criticism to my nephew and my son who were doing the, doing the, the fireworks show. I'm bored. Next. That's all I did. <laughs> but please understand something. If you are strong held, it's because you're indulging. You're not stricken with a disease. It's not the devil alone. He can come in and help out the carnality that hates God. Because the devil hates God, so they will gladly come into partnership with one another, but understand that you're indulging yourself. Whenever, like, I hate to keep talking about myself, it's 11.56, 14 minutes to go. <laughs> but I used to love to listen to sad songs. Don't act like it's just me. I don't listen to anything sad anymore. I don't watch anything sad. I get made fun of in my own family. I'm not watching that. You gotta not, don't watch that around dad. I'm like the girl. Don't watch it around dad. I don't, I don't do it. I don't play with my mind like that anymore. It's sowing seed. You're sowing sadness. You're indulging yourself. I used to do it all the time when I kept the church small for 15 straight years. 150 to 250, 150 to 250, 150 to 250. And I'd be all driving around in my police car on Monday, listening to sad songs. It's a pathetic way to live. If you're a country music fan, you're just like me, so don't, add, don't sit there with that superior look on your face. Oh, I'm so, just so sad for him, I'm just so sad for him. You are me. <laughs> See, that's indulging. And it's all little steps, it's all little things. Will you take that thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus? That's not Jesus. No. Adultery doesn't start with the actual act, it starts with a thought. Addictions doesn't start with that. Oh, you know what? I'm choosing heroin. Nobody ever chooses heroin. They choose something else. If you don't take, the, you, this is active. Without faith, without works, faith is dead. Again, second, uh, James chapter two, verse 17. James chapter two, verse uh, 18. James chapter two, verse 14. Thinking of all of them in my mind. James chapter two, verse 24. Faith without works is dead. James chapter two, verse 26. Dead. 
Your works are to take your thoughts captive through the power of the Holy Ghost. He'll do it with you, almost for you. But you have to choose it. All you really have to do is choose. Choose, choose this day whom you will serve. He'll do it for, almost do it for you. All you have to do is choose. Am I going to be compulsive today? Am I going to worry today? Am I going to lust today? Am I going to be addicted today? Am I going to be nasty and rude today? Am I going to roll my eyes at my wife like I've done for the last 27 years instead of be sweet? Desour and sweeten. Seinfeld, chapter four, verse one. Desour and sweeten. Got to watch that episode when you get home today. Remember, Jerry and, uh, Jerry and uh, George were dating girls that were friends, and George wanted to keep it together. He called them the Gatsby's. I want to stay the Gatsby's. We're going out together. We're, you know, someday we're going to live in the same building. Well, Jerry, you know, didn't want to date the girl anymore. He's like, well, what? What's the matter? Well, I've soured. Well, you need to desour and sweeten. Some of you are strong held in your past. And by the way, that can go either way, good or bad. I've said this many times over the last, I don't know how many years that this church has existed, 20 years of this church existing. But I find people are actually more strong held by their good past than their bad past. What they were and what they did. Mute your phone. Shouldn't be able to hear your phone in here. Mute. Even I know where the button is. It's right there. See that? It's on red. Mute that bad boy. But most people are strong held in their good past, not their bad past. A lot of us don't want to think about our bad past, and you shouldn't. Brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. That's all past, not just bad past. I remember, you know, back in 2004, we had a mighty revival at our church. Okay, it's 19 freaking years later. Why is, I just don't understand why God doesn't just send down his spirit because that's not a Bible verse. God is beholden and magnifies his word above all his name. You want, how many of you want a revival? Pretty good response. I was gonna make fun of your response because I didn't think it was gonna be good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Wasn't bad. B, B minus, not bad. C, C minus, I would have made fun of you about it. There is no such thing except through you. Not through me, through you. I have to do my part, you have to do your part. How do you have revival? Everybody, oh, God's sending revival. God send your revival. How do you have it? Two or more agree. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20, two or more agree. You have what you ask for. 
and he's there. That's how you have it. We've seen it in this church. You feel the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost this morning? It's because two or more agree. You came in expectation. Now listen, for those of you that are brand new in here, I'm seeing new faces and I see how scared you are. Listen, all you gotta do is hang on. I, I should. I should have, because I have friends in here that are new. I should actually stand them at the door and have, have them put, maybe put t-shirts on or be, or be like the sign guy that you see on social media. I was scared too. <laughs> but if you just hang on, you'll discover what you're actually scared of is God himself, not my tone. I may not be for you, but please understand, God is for you. And Jesus was not, so, was not soft-spoken. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple. If you read Matthew chapter 23, everything has an exclamation, exclamation mark behind it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Exclamation mark. He wasn't soft-spoken. Why has it become an attribute to be soft-spoken? No, thank you. So you can be free from strongholds. How? How can you be free? You can pull them down. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So you can pull them down. How, though? You're gonna have to do the work. Jesus already done his part. You have everything. Romans chapter eight, verse 32. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. You have everything. Stop asking to do that which you are called to do yourself. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a very conflicting thing sort of to preach because I'm telling you to do things yourself, but it's actually empowered by the spirit of Jesus. But you have to make the decisions. You have to plug in. Items don't just turn on. My garage is hot. It's hot. And I turn on, there's like four fans out there, I turn them on. When I'm out there, when I'm out there riding the elliptical or lifting weights, I got it, I mean, you'll melt into oblivion. So I turn the fans on. I don't call FPL. Hey, it's Tom again. Oh my gosh, here come the expletives, that bleeping blackened guy, what's he doing? Hey, can you, I'm about to turn my fans on. Send in the power. It's already there. All I gotta do is go like this. Yep. That's it. That's all you gotta do, that's it. But you have to make the decision. Will you take that thought captive? Will you indulge or will you deny? It's up to you. Psalm 131 too. Surely I have, I have calmed and quieted my soul. See, you have the spiritual realm and you have the soulless realm. Your soulless realm is your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. That's where the battle is. You're in control of the soulless realm or you're not.
through the power of the Holy Ghost. The world doesn't have the, cap have the capability to do it. They do not have the ability to rule over their soulless realm. You do through the power of the Holy Ghost if you are saved. You have it. You have to make the decision though. Greener pastures or not. Offense or not. Addiction or not. Mad or not. Starts with a thought. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Lack of contentment is a stronghold. I'm just hungry for better things. No, you're not. You have no content. You are not content at all. Therefore, the, you, don't, you, you are not content until the new thing comes around. Until I get to the next place. That's, that's not biblical. It's carnal. Enmity, hatred toward God. To live in a mindset where you have no contentment. See, here's the thing. I mean, it's James chapter one, two through four. You can get to the place where you want nothing. See, I walk around, I, I, I walk all through my neighbor. There's all sorts of levels of, of riches, I guess you'd call it, or incomes in the area that I live. And I don't want one thing anybody else has. Weird, it's actually weird for me. Oh man, I just, I wish I had that car. You know, listen, there's things that I would like to have, I like to have, but I don't care. Tom, what do you want, what do you want for, your, for your birthday? Uh, let, me, let me make this clear, because this sounds contradictory. Do I like presents? Yes, I love presents. <laughs> I do. But I don't really want, I don't want for anything. Every, just about every week, somebody hands me a five-pound bag of M&Ms in this church. <laughs> and I eat them all. <laughs> As you can tell. And I love getting them. I'm not, I'm not trying to procure presents right now. I'm just telling you, you don't see me go. My wife does that. I don't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, yes, 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 yes. I'll put out my hands. You can hang my gift bags on me. I'm fine. I tell my kids, hey, when you're out, just buy me a treat, would you? When you're out just walking around, just think of me. <laughs> Dad, you know there's other priorities outside of your own selfish ambitions. I like well, it, but just when you're out, see a little treaty. Do <laughs> that for me. Appreciate it. But I really don't, I am very content. You can ask my wife, I don't, I don't want for anything. Oh, well, I mean, if I just had that, I make jokes about it, man. If I finally had that, I'd, I'd finally be happy. It's just a, yeah, I, when we were getting this building, when we get that building, I knew the whole time it's how I stayed peaceful. I only had one meltdown. Usually I have 47 meltdowns. <laughs> so I've gone from 47 to one. I only had one where I was, that's it, it's over. That's my default stronghold. That's it. It's over. How many quitters are in the room? 
quitting, procrastinating. It's all strongholds, just so you know. And will you indulge it? You see, like we, we would have when we were negotiating for this building, it was a giant goat rodeo. It was. One day great, one day not great. Man, it's 1210. I'm already supposed to be done. You guys still good? I won't keep you too long. I won't keep you too long. But there was lots of, I'm watching the clocks right there, giant, 1211, right in front of my face. I got you. I'm with it. I understand. I'm starving. We won't stay that long. I'm actually, I woke up hungry today. I'm walking around, I'm like walking, out walking the dog. I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I'm not usually hungry at that time. But when we were, one day be up, one day be down. One day it seemed like it was done. Next day it was over. And what I did was I would not allow it. I felt like it, and usually poor hope is my sounding board. And some of you, that's how it is. You need to stop puking all over the people in your life. Fix me, maintenance me. Stronghold. And I would, I'd rely on her, but that's it, I quit. I'm like, waiting, waiting for her to give me the encouragement. No, don't quit, okay, I won't quit. But during that process, it was like 18 months long, I was just like, okay. And I just, I mean, I'd be steaming. I'd just keep my mouth shut. Just kept my mouth shut. Same thing happening right now is we have to rebuild it. There's ups and it's downs. Attorney's now involved. Is what I just don't, I don't get into it. Gee, I, no, I haven't failed at all with the rebuild. Nothing. Four million dollars worth of damage to the building. They gave me one million. And that's it. I just, we're gonna win. Amen. We're gonna win. That's it. We're gonna win. That's why you're standing on concrete right now. Usually, for those, new, for those of you who are new, but we've sunk 900,000 of our own money. We'd have lots of money in the bank right now as a church. But we've been building and rebuilding it ourselves. So they gave us a million. We've put in another 900,000. So almost $2 million worth of repairs have already occurred. So we're almost halfway there. So we have a long ways to go. But we're about to sue their rear ends off and they're gonna lose. And they're gonna lose bad. For those of you who get confused about lawsuits, you're not to sue who? Your brother. They ain't my brother. All right, so in conclusion, worship team, you guys can start to migrate. I want to tell you how to get out. Before you, before you get out, I want you to tell you how to get out. How do you pull them down? James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to them. So do you, look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't worry about the worship team. They're all good. They're fine, they don't need you, they don't need your eyes, nothing. Stay with me, or I'm gonna preach longer. If you lack wisdom, if you want out, you ask God. But you don't get to add your two cents in. Lord, I want your advice, but no. James chapter one, six through eight. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you ask God, how do I get out? And he tells you step one, you go to step one. You don't question Yahweh. You don't question the Holy Ghost. You don't question Jesus. You move now. That's how it works. That's how you get out if you want to get out. Or you can just live in the doldrums in a windless sea for the rest of your life, not doing what God has called you to do. Yes, you can go to heaven if you're saved that way. The only way you're going to hell is if you live in unrepentant sin. That's it. If you're not living in unrepentant sin, you're not going to hell, but you can have hell on earth. Your kids can go to hell. You live in financial hell, marital hell. You, but you can exit all of that if you just ask him for his wisdom and don't add your two cents to it. He doesn't need you. He wants you. It's a far more powerful relationship. Amen. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I want to ask you this morning, where do you stand with God? It's a very simple process. Aaron, give me a little something. It's dead silent. Thank you. Where do you stand with God? It's very simple. Either your sins are gone or either they are not. I'm just letting you marinate on that for a moment. Jesus said in John chapter three, verse three, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter six, verses four through six says, is it impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. You're like, Tom, that sounds like if I backslid and there's nothing I can do. No, are you willing to repent? Because if you are willing to repent, that means that it's not impossible for you to be renewed to repentance. So you haven't fallen away to the degree that you cannot be brought to repentance? Are you a Christian who has escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and have become again entangled in and overcome? If you are, you're worse off than the end than you were at the beginning. That's what Hebrews chapter 6, 4 through 6 is talking about. Tom, you're scaring me. Good, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. If you're interested in repentance, there's hope for you. Period. You can be renewed unto repentance. But will you humble yourself? If you've never been saved, now is your time. It doesn't mean that you're joining this church, although you should attend this church. Now is your time. Maybe you're a phony Christian. Your mom, you fake Christianity, so your mom and dad will leave you alone. That's a hell-bound decision to be a fake Christian, a false believer. Maybe you're a Christian, you have fallen away. Fallen away does not mean that you sinned one time. It means that you're indulging sin. You've conceded to sin, not just struggling with sin. Struggling with sin will not send you to hell. Concession to sin will send you to hell. Is that where you're at? If you are in any of these conditions, now is your time to come home. 
Now is your time right at this moment. You already know that it's you. Now is your time to come home. I love you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Ghost loves you. The Almighty God loves you so much. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And all you have to do is believe and repent. Repentance is believing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, everybody, stage, front of house, everybody, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to get your life right with God this morning, right where you are sitting, understand something so you can relax. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you into a back room. I'm not gonna hand you my literature, nothing. I'm gonna ask you to do two things. First thing is to lift up your hands and then I'm gonna have you pray with everybody else. That's it. So if you need to get your life right with God, take the first step right now. And right where you are at, stretch your hand high into the air. Come on, stretch it high into the air. Those of you who knew you were supposed to do it, but you haven't done it, stretch it now high into the air. Good, you can put them down, that's it. Those of you who lifted up your hands, we're gonna pray this prayer out loud. The entire church is praying it out loud with you. You pray it, you mean it directly to the almighty God of Israel and you are saved. Pray it, here we go, everybody. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. That's it, right there. That's it. That's it.